last time on Little Realms, both Jarell and Arden had a lot of questions for Cyrus Sassafras about his new fungal form. Jarell seems to kind of like suddenly take you in and it hits them a little bit and then they're fussing. Are these partying? What exactly is... How does all this work? They sort of wave their hands in a sort of general U-shaped direction. That being said, how are you even still alive? Rather than just give you guys a lore drop, I decided to write a piece of backstory that explained Cyrus's mushroom origins and also gave a brief look at some of the characters that have shaped him. Mr. Butterbean was, and for many years had been, a drunkard. He simply could not get rid of the habit. Once he had been a fine citizen of Bogberg, but now people only pitied the sloppy halfling, this slump of a man with his permanent flushed cheeks. Ale was both his ruin and his only pleasure. One morning in autumn... As bacon was sizzling on the stove, I heard a knock at the door. Bullvine, my partner, put down his massive club that he was sanding and huffed at me. I thought you were all mine today. I I canceled all my appointments today. Uh, Honestly, Bullvine, I have no idea who this is. Bullvine dropped his club and went to meet the disturbance at the door. A moment later, he sat back down and continued sanding his weapon, while a scruffy young halfling girl climbed into my breakfast nook and began demanding eggs. Aw, scrambled again. Why don't you make me some over-easy instead? I like to dip my toast in the yolks. Mmm, that does sound kind of good. I squinted my eyes at Bullvine and made a scowl at Susie Butterbean. Get out of my house, Butterbrat! You're not welcome here! (laughs) At this, Susie just giggled and began pounding a tiny little fish on my nook. Runny yokes, runny yokes, runny yokes, runny yokes. Bullvine let out a deep belly laugh (laughs) and joined the chorus. I closed all the air controls for my stove's firebox and chucked the pan and the partially scrambled eggs into the sink with disgust. I now glared at the butter brat who was still chanting her demands. But my glare slowly morphed into a smirk. <laughs> Oh, butter brat, I mean, uh, uh, Susie, could you come over here for a moment, please? Runny yokes, runny yokes, runny, why? Um, I got some fudge baking, but I'm not sure it's sweet enough. I need a taste tester. Susie's eyes widened and she let out a gasp. Fudge? Fudge is my favorite. For having such small legs, halflings sure can move quickly when they are motivated. In half a blink, she was at my side, bouncing up and down. 
still growing, the top of Susie's curls came up to just about my waist level. Perfect height for the prank. <laughs> I, I think you forgot to light the oven. I don't smell anything baking. While she continued to sniff, I turned around so my butt was right next to her face and let out a sour fart. <laughs> smell my fudge, butter brat. Susie screamed and began beating her tiny fists on my legs. Ah! Ow! Ah! Stop it! Ah! Bullvine! Bullvine! She's attacking me! Quick! Get your club! Save me! Bullvine slapped his knee and let out another deep belly laugh. <laughs> he strolled over, still laughing, and gently scooped up the now rabid Susie Butterbean, who was still throwing punches and kicks in midair. <laughs> Ow! I think some of these are actually going to bruise. Ugh. I said as I rubbed my thighs. It was now Susie Butterbean's turn to glare, and she did so vehemently, but also stuck her tongue out for good measure. You've got a good fighting spirit, Susie, and as much as I enjoy a good fight, Cyrus and I are going to go on a date tonight, so you should probably head back home. Susie Butterbean stood still and drooped her head to the ground. Hmm. I don't want to go home. Papa's drunk again. He gets angry when he's drunk and throws things at me. At this, I could see the muscles in Bullvine's back quickly begin to tighten. Did you just say your father throws things at you? I had seen this before. Like a crack in the ice, Bullvine's calm demeanor was shattering. The veins in his arms began spider-webbing up to his neck. I had to act quick before another incident with the neighbors occurred. So, before Susie could respond, and before I could even think about what I was doing, I blurted out, Susie can stay here! It's okay! It, it's okay, Bullvine! She can stay here while we go out! She can! I can? Yes, yes, it's fine, it's fine. Um, you, you and I will go on our date and butter brat. Susie, she can stay here. Yay! Bullvine's muscles began to relax. But you'll have to do chores, Susie. There's no freeloaders welcome in this household. She nodded her head furiously. Okay, um... I need you to, um... I looked around for something tedious to keep her busy, but not too difficult either. Let's see, um, um, ooh, I know. I need you to weed my garden. Can you handle that? Mm-hmm, 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 yeah, mm-hmm. All right, then, good. Um, Bullvine, let's get out of here before someone else knocks on our door. What about breakfast? We'll stop at the bakery on our way out of town. Come on, come on, I'll race you. Huh? I shouted as I dashed down the street. Truth be told, Cyrus Sassafras was not a big fan of running. It hurt his knees and got him sweaty, and 
In his opinion, there were much better ways for one to get sweaty. But he knew Bullvine loved contests of strength and endurance, and, well, Cyrus was a sucker for seeing Bullvine happy. Hours later, Cyrus and Bullvine returned from their date to find the house still standing, but not nearly as neat as how they had left it. Outside, a large pile of weeds and mushrooms were piled in the front yard like mass graves. Inside, tracks of dirt spread across the floor and carpet of the house. The kitchen sink had a stack of dirty dishes, while a dozen cracked eggshells decorated the breakfast nook. And tucked away in the master bedroom, for some unknown reason, was a sleeping, scruffy halfling girl. How can someone so little could create such a big mess? My mouth was agape as I just stood in horror and surveyed the scene. After a few moments of disbelief, I used both arms to latch onto that sleeping halfling girl's shoulders, hoisted her up into the eye, and shook her violently. What have you done to my garden? What have you done to my kitchen? Why are you sleeping in my bed? Despite the violent wake-up call, Susie barely acknowledged me. She casually rubbed the eye crusties away and just blinked at me a few times. Mm. Oh, oh, hi, guys. Did, did you bring me anything? Why, you little... At this moment, before I could even finish shaking her and screaming at her, Susie let out a sudden wretch and partially digested mushroom caps spewed all over my face and my frock. I blinked away the bile, looked at her, shook my head and dropped her. Hey! That hurt! That wasn't fair... I don't feel so good. Bullvine raced to scoop up the halfling girl on the floor and carried her to the tub. Um, uh, okay, um, do, do, do you want water? Uh, here. Oh, thank you. Oh, uh, wait, no water. Why did you do that? On second thought, I think you should throw up. Can you throw up on your own? Do you need me to show you how to throw up? Cyrus! Bullvine's freaking me out! Despite the mess and vomit, moments like this made Cyrus's heart flutter. He had personally witnessed Bullvine, this hulk amongst men, rip an alligator's upper jaw off with his bare hands, and yet, when confronted with this sick halfling girl, all of his bravery melted away. Seeing his lover vulnerable like this made Cyrus feel so much closer to him. Uh, I'm coming, I'm coming, I replied as I wiped the vomit off my face and examined it in my hand a bit more closely. Hmm. A piece of plain-looking white cap sat in my hand. And while to an untrained eye this could be mistaken as an edible straw mushroom... I knew with certainty that this was, in fact, a deathcap mushroom. As I entered the bathroom, I calmly put my hand on Bullvine's shoulder and gestured him to get his fingers out of his throat. <laughs> I could take it from here. All right, open up, butter brat. 
I said as I uncorked a vial with milky green liquid from my herbalism kit. Susie Butterbean looked at the vial of medicine very suspiciously and shook her head. Uh, uh, I'm feeling better now. I'm I'm just going to go home. Susie, you've already started vomiting. In about three hours, your liver and kidneys are going to fail, and you'll begin vomiting and excreting blood. Uh, second thought, uh, give me that. (sighs) I'm glad that's over. Oh, me too. This is far from over. Look at my house! (laughs) Despite it getting late, Cyrus Sassafras refused to let Susie Butterbean leave until she had finished cleaning up every single mess she had made, both in and outside of his house. He knew that Mr. Butterbean would not throw any fuss about his only daughter being gone for so long. In fact, Cyrus guessed Mr. Butterbean hardly noticed her absence. Nevertheless, he tasked Bullvine with walking next door to let him know where his daughter was, and to inform him of what had happened. It was certainly the proper and neighborly thing to do, but he also made Bullvine swear that no matter what profanities Mr. Butterbean would spew out, that under no circumstances was he allowed to hurt the man. Bullvine only rolled his eyes and promised. As Susie cleaned up her messes, Cyrus decided to teach her that one should not eat random mushrooms from the ground, nor should one ever pull mushrooms out of one's garden. The mushrooms, he explained, enriched the soil and worked alongside the plants to make them stronger. Susie seemed skeptical, and her gut instinct was to call him an old gas bag, but truth be told, she rather enjoyed the attention he was giving her. She didn't get noticed very much at home, and he did save her life earlier today, so she decided to be nice to him and simply nod her head as the old man prattled on. That's why mushrooms are so important for a garden. They have a symbiotic relationship with the plants. They make the plants stronger. Stronger. Two months later, Cyrus is seen in the village with his staff in hand, full adventuring gear on his back, and is running through his neighborhood like a chicken with his head cut off, knocking on each and every door. Mr. and Mrs. Cartwright, please open up. Open up, please, someone. Slowly, the door creaked open, and a cautious human woman in her 70s stands confused. Um, can I, can I help you, Cyrus? Mrs. Cartwright, I, I need your help. It's, it's Bullvine. He, he should have been home from his hunting trip last week. <laughs> He's not home yet. It's, it's not like him to be gone this long. Something's wrong. I need to go get him. I need everyone to come with me and help me go get him. I, please, I can't do this alone. Oh, oh my. Mr. Mr. Sassafras, I, I really appreciate how you helped my yoggins with the whooping cough that one time. And you know what? I, I want to help out. I really do. I, but what you're asking is suicide. I can't go out with you in the wilderness to rescue an adventurer, even if we found him. What help could we possibly offer? Look at us, Mr. Sassafras. What could we do? I'm sorry, I really am. Cyrus Sassafras cursed as he stood in front of the closed door, 
Mrs. Cartwright was not the first neighbor to deny him help that day, and she wasn't going to be the last. For the next hour, Cyrus knocked on the doors of every one of his neighbors and was met with similar rejections. It is well known that the Bogburgians enjoyed festivals, not fights. In one final desperate attempt, Cyrus knocked on his neighbor's door, Mr. Butterbean. What do you want, old man? Uh, uh, Mr. Butterbean, I know we don't always see eye to eye. I know that, but I need your help. Pulvine's in trouble, and you're my last hope. Please, please come with me and help rescue him. poison my daughter one day and then you ask me for a favor the next you've got some damn nerve sassafras no mr butterbean no it was it was an accident i didn't know she was gonna eat the, the the mushroom shut your prattle old man i don't give two farts about you or your boy toy in fact i hope he gets what he deserves out there <laughs> Despite the anger that was now boiling inside, Cyrus Sassafras did not shout nor curse. Not that he didn't want to, but he simply could not, for he was gasping now, struggling desperately to breathe. A man who spends his life cloud-gazing, gardening, and attending festivals is not well equipped for this level of stress, and for the first time ever, Cyrus was hyperventilating. Whether it was moments or minutes later was unclear to him, but eventually a tug came at Cyrus's frock and a young Susie Butterbean stood before him. She took his hand, led him away from the shattered glass in the road into a soft bed of clovers. There she sat him down, patted his back, and held a bag to his face for Cyrus to breathe into. It's gonna be okay, Cyrus. Just breathe. I'm going to help you find Bullvine, and then everything will be good again. <laughs> Cyrus, still gasping for air, turned his head to look at Susie. It was only now he noticed the little halfling was carrying a rucksack on her back. She had a wooden sword sheathed on her hip and a colander on her head like a helmet. Cyrus's heavy breathing turned into laughter, followed shortly by sobbing. With the exception of Susie Butterbean, not one soul in Bogberg agreed to help Cyrus look for Bullvine. And while he appreciated the support of Susie, more than she would ever know, he could not in good conscience allow an adolescent to accompany him on this dangerous mission. So, Cyrus went out alone, multiple times even, but unfortunately for him, his neighbor's concerns all turned out to be true. He was simply out of his depth. Each attempt ended abruptly and in a similar fashion. He would see or hear something dangerous in the distance and turn tail and run. However, despite his neighbors being right, Cyrus did not forgive any of them, nor could he hide his emotion. Over the next five years, his depression and his resentment festered into a noticeable bad temper. The amicable apothecary was no more, and the citizens of Bogberg learned to give Cyrus a wide berth. Well, Almost all of the citizens. Ugh. It smells like a rotten cabbage and bullywog farts in here. My maid's on vacation. 
piss off, butter brat. I'm not going anywhere. <sighs> what do you want? Cyrus, you need to get better. It's not healthy to be cooped up in here all alone all the time. Look at you. You've lost so much weight. Your beard's all scraggly. Let me fix you some soup. That will make you feel better. I don't need soup. And I don't want to get better. My appearance now mirrors my soul. I'm a weak old man, and the only thing left for me to do now is rot away with my house and my garden. Well, your house might rot, but your garden's actually doing quite well. Ah. Yeah. Everyone else is having a hell of a time right now growing anything with all this rain, but your garden is the talk of the town. In a moment of confusion and surprise, I abandon my pity party to go investigate this claim with my two eyes. Holy shit. You you weren't kidding, kiddo. So you're not quite a kid anymore, but... but whoa! Before me stood sunflowers with heads the size of dinner plates. Thick green vines of chock full of plump tomatoes and vibrant peppers. And the flowers, oh, all the flowers. Even the finicky verbenas and the dainty daisies. They were all flourishing like they had never done before. And at the base of all my plants was a battalion of mushrooms. More mushrooms than I had ever seen. How... How did this happen? No idea. Too bad you're not a plant, Cyrus. Then you could just find some mushroom friends of your own to make you stronger. Oh, too bad you're not a plant, Cyrus. Oh, who'd find mushrooms to make you stronger? Oh, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Have a symbiotic relationship with these plants. Make the plants stronger. <laughs> oh my god. Butterbrat! You, 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 you solved it! You. <laughs> I know! I know how to get stronger! Oh, I can kiss you right now. And I will. <laughs> Ew! <laughs> Susie, Susie, I need you to do something for me. I need you to grab me as much oak bark as you possibly can. You know what oak trees are, right? Do, do I need to draw you a picture? I know what oak trees are, Mr. Sassafras, but I've got a lot of stuff to do today. A lot of stuff to do? You're a child. What do you have to do today? Is there, is there a booger-eating contest? I'm nearly 20 years old now, you senile old fart. Besides, if you must know, I'm working on a potion for old Fran's migraines. <laughs> Since when do babies make potions? Since the town apothecary became a baby? Cyrus scratched his chin and looked at the determination on his young friend's face. He thought about her childhood, how rough it was, how her mother abandoned Susie with her drunk of a father, 
He thought about how she had never had someone take care of her, and yet she's always trying to take care of others. Cyrus's bottom lip quivered a bit. He was so proud of her. I'm sorry about the baby comment. You're a good egg, Susie Butterbean. This town doesn't deserve you. Thank you, Cyrus. That that means a lot. Listen, I'll take care of old Fran. I know exactly what type of potion she needs. You go gather me that oak bark. It would take all my energy to do it, but for you, this should be a simple task. Nah, I don't think so. You're gonna teach me how to make this potion, and afterwards, I will help you. You're playing hardball, Susie, but very well. Mm, And after I help you, are you going to write down all your remedies, cures, and potion recipes for me? I take it back. You're a bad egg, butter brat. Fine. Perfect. Immediately after the handshake, Cyrus teaches Susie how to make the cure for old Fran's migraines. Susie Butterbean was a quick student. In fact, I'm not sure Cyrus felt like he taught her anything. But nonetheless, she seemed satisfied. Alright, now that that's done, back to my needs. I'm going to need a lot of oak bark. Like... At least seven baskets worth. Make it eight baskets, just in case, Susie. Eight baskets of bark? Yes, and not a piece less. (sighs) And if I do this, you promise you won't squelch on our deal? I have been called many things in my time, but a deal breaker is not one of them. (sighs) Very well. I'll be back in a few hours. It took her the rest of the day to carve off enough oak bark to fill eight baskets, but Susie Butterbean made good on her deal and returned to Cyrus quickly. He thanked the halfling enthusiastically and instructed her to come back in one week and not a day sooner. Cyrus then simply went to bed. He was not exactly tired, but he knew he would need all the rest he could get for his coming task, so he willed himself to sleep. The next morning, he shot out of bed with as much exuberance as his frail old body would grant, and he immediately stripped naked. Cyrus looked at the baskets of bark, grabbed a piece, then muttered a few words in Druidic and watched as the rough and craggy bark melted into his hand and spread across his body. The spell never ceased to amaze him, but he had no time to spare to be impressed with himself. Cyrus flipped over his hourglass, doused himself with cool water, and made a beeline for his own garden. The soil was still rich with fungus, and he collected every type he could find. Edible mushrooms, poisonous mushrooms, hallucinogenic mushrooms, even the zombie mushrooms he used to kill ants. He collected any spore he could get his hands on and rubbed them all over his damp, barky body. Then he returned inside his house, sat down, and meditated. His plan was not complicated. Every hour for the next five days, Cyrus would recast bark skin just as it was expiring so that his body was in a constant plant-like form. He knew from experience how long it takes spores to germinate in old tree stumps, and he calculated five days would be more than sufficient. The hard part would be staying up, but by meditating to conserve energy and by drinking copious amounts of coffee, Cyrus was confident he could pull off his exhausting task. 
What Cyrus was attempting was unprecedented, but if everything went according to plan, then the spores would take root in his bark skin and he would become a walking fungal garden. His body would become their soil and the mushrooms would serve him in a similar fashion to how they benefited his own plants, recycling waste, providing nourishment, and making him stronger. Well, dear listener, as we all know, Cyrus's plan did indeed work. Surely the old man isn't going to win any strength competitions, or any beauty contests for that matter, but the transformation had given him a new swell of strength and energy. Despite being 72 years old, Cyrus now had the energy of a 40-year-old, which, while not impressive, we can all agree is still quite an improvement over feeling like 72. But besides some newfound vitality, Cyrus is slowly gaining control over his various fungal companions in ways he never imagined. With each new trial, this once weak garden druid is sprouting into something stronger. Oh, <laughs> I almost forgot. As for the favor to Susie, Cyrus was a man of his word and transcribed every cure, remedy, and potion he'd ever created into one big tome. With it, she would have all the knowledge she would ever need to keep the citizens of Bogbird healthy, just as he had done for so many years. And, as a parting gift to his apprentice, he filled a second notebook for her. Where the first one was filled with tried and true recipes for healing, the second one was filled with untested recipes for entertainment, strength, fire breathing, and water breathing potions, along with all other manner of magical fun were found inside. Cyrus was never ambitious enough to bother with most of these recipes, but he hoped Susie would surpass him and master all of them, especially a potion he placed directly on page one, the potion of permanent sobriety. Thank you all for listening to my Cyrus Sassafras backstory and a special thanks to all the wonderful content creators who helped me with some of the voice acting roles. The voice of Susie Butterbean was played by Kim Metzger, found primarily on both the Beholder's Eye podcast and also LCP D&D. The voice of the narrator was done by Lance Becker, found primarily on D4 on the Floor podcast. And the voice of Bullvine was done by Wesley Bryan, found primarily on the Thornville podcast. Links to all of their shows will be included in the show notes. Please follow these content creators. They're wonderful and they volunteer their time. It's been truly great to intermingle with other independent podcasters. And speaking of other content creators, the show Microphone and Monsters did a ad swap with us. I've listened to all of their episodes. It's the first Cthulhu-themed RPG I've ever listened to, and it did not disappoint. The characters in here are not going to be like any other character trope you've listened to before. I'll go ahead and give you a spoiler. There's a talking cat. (laughs) It's a talking cat and a zombie and a mad scientist, and they team up. That's the elevator pitch. You will not hear anything like it. Here is their promo. Uh, we were actually, uh, me and my friend here. It points to a cat. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, your friend's with a cat. Yes, he's, he's one of those uh, Dreamlands cats. So uh, he's more than a cat. Yes, and he is very lucky to consider myself his friend. What did he say? He said that I was lucky to consider myself his friend. 
Oh, okay. I, I do feel that way. Okay. Uh, I don't have too many friends. You really aren't that bright, are you? No. Hey, it's me, Adam, the DM over at Microphones and Monsters. You just got done listening to a short clip from our show. Microphones and Monsters is a Cthulhu Mythos 5th Edition actual play podcast. We ask you to join us every week, Monday and Friday. You can find us on your favorite podcatcher, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can find all of our links at microphonesandmonsters.com.